0: On the latest episode of BCC The Other Side, we take a look at the flaming hot close encounter of the Felix Fire Demon. Bryce brings in some UFO videos for us to analyze, and we share a BCC news item from a listener. Do the northern lights make sounds? To subscribe to The Other Side, go to patreon.com slash Club.
1: collector's club with Bryce and michael
2: i know a ghost story or two let's do
0: this (laughs) well hello and welcome to a brand new episode of bigfoot collectors club i'm your host michael mcmillan with me always is your other host
3: Bryce Johnson,
0: and our super
4: producer,
3: Riley Bray.
0: Woo. Hi, hey, 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 welcome back to the clubhouse.
4: Pleasantries, pleasantries. We're doing <laughs> <All> it. <around.
0: laughs> We're still in it, everybody. We're going to make it happen doing no this matter thing. Yeah. what. Uh, I was going through our Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram today, and just like, Really, uh, I mean, who wants to talk about this, but really just like, oh, my God, it was that long ago since we did uh, an episode with a guest in the studio. You know, I did. Oh, I, wow. I had one of those moments.
3: Eesh, yeah.
0: But but the b- then I looked the at all the times. Yeah, I looked at all the wonderful guests we managed to have over this past year, and it made me feel immediately better. Yeah.
4: Well, and I like how we theme out our, our pictures for the episodes, too. It's kind they're kind of fun now. You know, we now, do we fun stuff do? like put bags on our heads and. Yeah. you know stuff like well, that so what that's are gonna fun. do
0: go, go back to like boring group photos yeah no, you know what I no mean?
4: those days are
3: over
0: necessity is the mother of invention right boys That's right it and right. it's
3: true that's true and also i feel like even if this thing ever does end you guys are just never coming over again this is <laughs> truly so yeah much easier. yeah it's uh, I'm <laughs> saving up on that gas money bro <laughs> that's
0: the other thing <laughs> yeah. uh we will never be able to get another guest <laughs> into a physical studio space ever again no, after this year that's
3: not happening it's yeah.
0: not gonna happen however i have two requests guys we do a shaver lake campfire episode
4: check done
0: Done. and we have to do i I don't want to say it has to be this summer but i kind of feel like it might have to be uh we're all on our way to getting vaxxed we have to do the bcc jet ski special at some point i just think (laughs) we put it out there last year then a pandemic hit so we have to do it all right um speaking of great guests we have one coming up oh she's a uh Real treat. But before we do that, I have to remind you guys, you listeners out there, there are evil algorithms trying to take over our minds, but then there are good algorithms that are trying to get the podcasts that you love, like this one, to more cool people so that we can help fight the evil reality from taking over, Mm
4: -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. right? So do us a favor, Bryce, what should they do?
4: Well, they should leave a five-star review because that alone helps this podcast get to so many more new listeners, and it just uh, raises our profile a tiny little bit.
0: Yes, uh, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get to do a five-star review. But here on Apple Podcasts, uh, I, I like to read the five-star reviews if you leave us one. Here's one that's. It doesn't even have to be long. It's short and sweet. Good Times with the Bigfoot Boys, five stars by AJ Says. And he says, love me some BCC. That's it. That's all you got to do. Right. AJ, right. he, she, non-binary, I'm sorry. I projected my own gender on you, and I apologize. Um, <laughs> let's bring in tonight's guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary friends out there, she is. Uh, first of all, do you, do you have a pronoun preference, I should ask?
2: Um, she. Great. So she, her, the almighty, she is the almighty, the almighty. I like that one
0: is (laughs) uh, let me tell you, she's uh, an actor, comedic performer, Mm -hmm. successful Mm -hmm. voiceover artist. My God, you might Mm -hmm. have seen her in Adam Ruins Everything. You Mm -hmm. may have seen her in Drunk History. You might have heard her Mm -hmm. as the voice of Supergirl. Come Mm -hmm. on, Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. DC Superhero Girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, The list goes on and on. Club Scouts of the world, please give a warm welcome salute to Anna East Fairweather. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow.
2: I am saluting you from afar, Bigfoot boys. I think that should be. I love this coined phrase, Bigfoot boys. I like that. It's so good.
0: Should it be B-O-I-S or B-O-Y-S? No, it's no, boys. It's def- yeah, boys. boys. I think yeah. that's boys. the way we've been doing it, and I don't know if that's like a dated – is that like a dated thing? Is that out of fashion? No, it's good. Oh,
3: I don't think – We're could... old enough to be dated. Yeah, that's come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. We're
2: right all now. dated, and it's it's a feeling. It evokes a feeling. That's, boys. That's what it is. It's a you know? feeling. It's good. a feeling. Cool. <laughs> Wow, and, I'm so And the happy three of us here. have all
0: dated as well. Bryce, Michael, Bryce, so Bryce, there and, Michael you go. and Riley have all
3: dated. <laughs> I something in my drink? I don't <laughs> remember. There's, there's been a oh,
0: secret like romance God. that no one's known about that's been happening for over the past three and a half seasons. Of the
2: you show. know what? I have to say, I have seen some photos of you guys online. If you were to Google, yourselves. Mm-hmm. And there's some photos of you guys wearing some nice matching, I think almost matching jean jackets
3: <laughs> oh,
4: from uh, probably some nice.
2: conventions. Yes. So yeah, I, don't I could see something <laughs> happening, something going down.
3: That yeah. was a pretty good date, you know, romantic <laughs> uh UFO <laughs> that convention. Was
1: a date. That and was listen, a weekend let's be getaway. honest.
2: I bet the three of you had the best date ever. Yeah, like, Wouldn't it be nice if like that conversation could just exist with so many other people <laughs> in the world? <laughs> Whatever we, happened between the three of you?
0: We did order pizza in a hotel room, Ooh. and we played an early version of Bryce's Dirty Game, uh, Dirty Picture cover-up. And that was maybe one of the most fun nights I've ever had.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, we got to do that again.
0: That was mm-hmm. a good time. Uh, Anna East, we got to get into your personal paranormal history, because I have a feeling (sighs) you have something to share. But before we do that, uh, Mm -hmm. Riley, get ready, because Bryce has brought in some
3: BCC News. Well done.
4: (laughs) Guys, monkeys are playing Pong with their mind, <laughs> have you seen this video? Uh, Elon yeah. Musk's Neuralink shows a monkey playing Pong with his mind. Now, is it a monkey what?
0: or is it a chimpanzee? Because a chimpanzee it's a macaw. is an ape. It's a, okay,
4: no, it's a monkey. It's a monkey. Okay. Uh, All right, got it. Got we're right. going to jump into this right now. I decided to go with Google BBC it. News, uh, and this is reported by Jane Wakefield, technology reporter. Neuralink, where?
0: where? Where's the website?
4: Uh, on on the BBC. Oh, oh! I thought you just, i thought you said BCC. Yeah, little play okay, on letters great. there. I thought you oh, might enjoy that. Well done. Neuralink, Elon Musk's computer-to-brain interface firm, has released a video it claims shows a monkey playing the video game Pong with its mind. Its brain signals were sent wirelessly via an implanted device. The hope is that the interface could eventually allow people with neurological conditions to control phones <gasps> or computers remotely. One expert said the fact that no wires were used represented "quote significant progress," but more data was needed. The macaw, maca, macaque—I think it's macaw—the macaque oh, monkey. Bryce, no. <laughs> are you be playing all ping- three of those? Are you playing ping pong with your mind right <laughs> now? <in the back? laughs>
2: macaw, macaw. That
4: little monkey's name was Pager. Who's for pager? I used to have the best, coolest pager. It was highlight yellow. and Oh, man, I love when that thing went off. Anyway, it was first taught to play the video game with a joystick and was rewarded with a fruit smoothie. During this process, the Neuralink device recorded the information about which neurons were firing to control which movements. Then the joystick was disconnected, leaving the monkey to control the gameplay with only its mind. Uh, the quoted uh, researchers are quoted. Our mission is to build a safe, effective clinical BMI brain machine interface system that is wireless and fully implantable to give people with paralysis, their digital freedom back to communicate more easily via text, to follow their curiosity on the web porn, to express their creativity through por- photography, art, and yes, play video games. And I'm, I'm done there. That's enough for me. Uh, you get the idea, but how cool is that? Wow. I mean, future is here guys.
3: It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very cool.
2: That is amazing. Yeah. I love what we can do with this technology. Like that is so powerful what we can do with this technology. It does feel a little scary though. Yeah. Doesn't it? It, it feels, does in a way. It feels but scary. But I feel and like sad. oh, go ahead.
0: <clears throat> it feels sad for the monkey which is pronounced I just listened to it macaque.
4: Macaque, Thank you.
2: Macaque. I feel yeah.
4: bad for Macaque. That's better. much better. Glad Too much playing on the joystick. Oh, boy. Macaque. Uh so Yeah.
0: The goal is what? We're just going to control computers with our minds. That's where we're headed with yeah, this, Yeah, pretty right? much.
4: Look, I've heard Elon Musk talk about this on, on Joe Rogan's podcast. It's right, basically he's have. saying, look, we've already have – uh, a symbiotic relationship with our mm-hmm. technological devices. They just happen to, to be in our pockets uh, at some point in the near future. That's going to go away. Um, and, you know, it, it probably won't be too long before we're all asking to get these, these neural links. If it's a relatively, uh, you know, out, out the door operation, you know, you don't have to like, just quick get it done. And well, maybe that's not the case, but I could see a lot of people getting this stuff, you know,
3: but people... Bryce, when your kids are on your case to get the, the brain chip like they are about a cell phone, what, yeah. what are you going to say?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, come on, dad. I want the brain chip. I'll I'll say got All my friends yeah, have it. I'll get you
3: your brain chip, but
4: is this how we leave a bathroom? <laughs> no, no, it's not. So until we can learn how to properly clean up after ourselves, then we're not going to yeah. get the Neuralink, Okay. But
0: people don't want to get the vaccine because they're afraid there are nanobots in it. Do you really think people are going to, which they're not, do you really think that people are going to voluntarily want to put chips in their brains? (laughs) Think of the conspiracy theories that are going to come along with this. Oh,
2: God, yeah.
3: I could totally see. Maybe it'll be like people putting them in their dogs, you know? (laughs) Right. Well, our dogs already have microchips in them. Right but yeah imagine if you could play video games with your dog oh, like man. how awesome is that
4: <laughs> or maybe like it could communicate its its uh vocalizations into english language you know what i mean and so you you could actually talk to your dog have you guys seen
0: that dog there's a dog on instagram and i can't remember the name of the dog i will look this up and i will put it as a reference in our instagram there's a dog that has a soundboard with all these different words on it. And its owner yes. trained her to talk to them by press stepping on these buttons. Shut Say up. like, hungry, hungry now, water, walk, daddy, daddy, play. Like, and it literally will, sad, it'll, it'll be like, sad. And they're like, tap awful. a button. And oh they trained it and then they know exactly what the dog is thinking. It's like, a, it looks like a pedal board. With all these buttons on it, that's about the as long as like a dining room table, and this dog like talks Jeez, to them. They
2: really give him a lot of options.
0: Yes, it is. It has like twenty six or twenty seven words on there at least. Oh
2: my! See, I think that is that now that is extremely dangerous. I feel like dogs are already. I mean, I love dogs. I love animals. Don't get me wrong, okay? <laughs> but they are guilt machines, right? Hey, it's like you're constantly. Hey, it's mommy hate mommy Love, hate, hate 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 mommy hate mommy. i mean imagine all of the things that they're it's like kind of nice that you don't know what your dog is saying sometimes because yeah. then you could just be like listen i'll get to it you know totally. but if you had to know it's like i know you're hungry i can't get to it right now
3: you're always fucking hungry yeah
2: <laughs> and they always want to go on a walk they always want a bone they're they're all ego you know which makes yeah. them i mean that would be dangerous
4: abuse yeah, violence would just abuse. be
2: squirrel. <laughs> i'm not abusing you
4: abuse abuse you're trying to have a dinner party
2: neglected <laughs> neglected neglected neglect, neglected. neglect.
0: <laughs> look over here look look yeah violence would just be like squirrel food pet pet and bedtime that's all it would be
2: Right. Yeah. You like, would give the options. You'd limit the options. You wouldn't have a dining room table full of options for your dog, hopefully.
0: God. I feel like you get that and then you just realize dogs have nothing to talk about. They are boring. And then and then we stop getting dogs. You know what I mean? Like it's it's more interesting <laughs> right? when you think that oh they would actually God. have a full conversation with you, which I which I have in my brain with my with my oh
4: dog. Oh my God. <laughs> but
2: yeah. We want to be able to project on our dogs. We don't yeah. want to know what they're actually thinking or no. feeling. We and guess. Chip
0: sorry, chip in your head? Are you going to do mean, this?
2: Absolutely not. No, I definitely don't want a chip in my head. I, I think it's really wonderful, though, for people who have, you know, are differently abled and then mm-hmm. they can, yep. you know, that's really awesome because if, I think it would be so hard to be limited physically, you know, yep. and if you – because our minds are so limitless, you know, and to be able to operate – more physically you know with this chip would be awesome
4: i 100% agree i think that i i think that is a a, a great excuse to develop this type of technology and yeah. i would love to see it applicated that way i mean that's me too that's the Bring goal man
0: the cyborgs me also too. it would be cool if you could write a screenplay just by thinking about it oh, you know what i mean God. Oh, right it-
2: 'Cause this also like I love dreams and I know that you guys have talked about dreams in the past, mm. which I which is part of the reason why I love this podcast too. But it's like I've always wanted kind of like a minority report situation where you could create your dreams. Like your dreams could be projected and mm. you could rewatch your dreams. Oh, I man. Now that, I would get the chip in my brain for that, especially if Elon Musk <sighs> came up with it because I feel like he's anti-government enough where you'd be like, he's not involved in a conspiracy theory, right?
4: Right. Oh, my God. That's what yeah, that's, mean, that's a wild
2: think. thought Anna East. I can can you imagine I, I if you could
4: love play, this. That would be yes. so great if you could actually like play back your dreams because we all remember them so scategorically. but yes. I mean, to be able to just like watch them like a Friday night movie, that'd be that'd be amazing. How fun
2: would that be? Everyone could bring their dream.
4: <laughs> You're like to the this party. plot sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, you had sex with a lot of people in your dream, dude. How <laughs> right. so many
0: times do we have to see you like, making out with Britney Spears in this dream?
1: <laughs> I've seen this
3: movie.
0: Jesus. Okay, then, okay Nev Campbell showing up man. again? What are we doing
4: here? <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Maybe. Never mind. Never mind that. All the stars, of <laughs> <laughs> stars from 2002.
2: Stars from 2002. Your dream was super two thousand two, man, dude. It's twenty twenty one. Get with it. (laughs) Guilty. Live in the now. I know. I
4: know.
2: Oh oh boy. Oh boy. Oh. right. People said, "Oh boy." At the same (laughs) time. All right. We're gonna take a quick
0: break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into Anaïs's personal paranormal history, please. We like to ask all of our guests, what is your personal paranormal history?
2: Oh boy. Honestly, I do feel like this is almost like a history book. Like you gotta open up, you gotta take this dusty book off the shelf, take it down, blow it off, and you know, open it up. It's it feels rich. I don't know (laughs) if it's really that rich, but for me it feels like a, a a thick book. Okay. Um so just to give you like the quick end of it. I think I have a very rich experience with it. Part of it is a result of the fact that, you know, not to get sad at all, but you know, my dad passed when I was 13, but Mm. my dad was born in 1919. Okay. My father, my father was 64 years old when I was born. So yes. Sorry, so that was had- rude. <laughs> <laughs> is that Keith Romero from from junior high? <laughs> Dude, I came to your house today and your grandpa answered the door. And I'm like, no, that's my dad. And he's like, no, 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 this guy was old. And I'm like, no, that's my dad. And he's like, no, 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 this guy was like really old. I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. He's like, ew.
0: <laughs> no, but that, that's just, I mean, that's like, uh, who is it? Yeah. Uh, Tony Randall had his kid at like 75. That's a uh, look.
2: It's so- a wild thing to do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Selfishly I'm like, okay, I still have time. So that's really what I'm thinking about. But <laughs> <laughs>
4: You're good, dude. You got some years. You're fine.
2: <laughs> you got a few years. My we knees, got a... Though.
0: How were your dad's <laughs> knees? Did he complain about his knees a lot? Because I feel like that's what would happen to me.
2: I mean honestly not great. But my dad also was a fighter pilot in World War II. So oh, unless shit. you oh, flew cool. planes in World War II before <laughs> they had, like, proper apparatus to help with your asthma. um, So, yeah, his body was, like, failing him pretty pretty steadily nice. throughout my life. But mm. he was this really powerful man. And – he had a powerful spirit. He had near-death experiences throughout his life as oh, wow. a fighter pilot. So, And he was a minister. He was also a psychoanalyst. He had 13, de- 13 licenses in the state of California. He was this brilliant mind. I know. I don't know how – I wasn't breastfed long enough or something because honestly I <clears throat> came just tumbling out. Anyway, and so – because of who my dad was, both my parents were psychoanalysts. So I learned to have lucid dreams as a child. Like dinner table talk was always like, what were you dreaming last night? That kind Mm. of stuff. So it always sort of intrigued me that like, there's so many things we don't know about the world. And there's so many things that we don't know about our own mind that we're constantly learning and we can't really put limitations on anything. And I feel that way about the world at large. And then when my dad passed, it kind of opened up this door to that other realm. And my dad, you know, was very spiritual and, you know, as he was dying, he saw angels and like things happened. And so throughout my life, like I've had a lot of experiences with the other side and, you know, Like I said to you guys, like I feel like this is like a party I've always wanted to be invited to getting to be on this podcast because I have had a lot of experiences that you can't talk about with everybody because a -hmm. lot of people laugh it off or think it's crazy or they just don't absorb it in the right way. But Mm -hmm. I feel like this is like the place I can talk about it, you know.
4: 100%. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of, and then growing up, my brother and I like loved horror movies. We were like big into horror movies. I don't really like horror movies today. They got a little too scary and a little too psychotic, if Mm. you will. Yep. Um, like I like movies, like horror movies in the eighties and the nineties where everything was left to the imagination and like a good score, like this, everything was in the score and in the music and it, and it left you thinking and our own imagination is far more wild than anything you can put on screen i'm literally
4: training my children that i have this movie list and it's like son are you ready for terminator one this week and like not yet dad (laughs) terminator two was good a few weeks ago but i mean i'm getting over the blood so i think i'll be ready for terminator one in a few i'm like good you did aliens last night you did it really well so let's just keep moving down this list.
2: Oh my god, you sound just like my mom. Like my mom, <laughs> I think I was in sixth grade, and she's like, I had a sleepover with my friend Taylor, and and my mom was like, Hey, girls, um, I picked up a movie at the movie store. Do you guys want to watch Carrie tonight? And we were like, Okay, you know, that's that, so good. It was just like, oh my god, <laughs> that like, movie was insane. But I and loved like it. the whole
0: opening of Carrie is just like a bunch of seventies Bush.
2: Oh, so much bush.
0: It's like, yeah. whoa.
2: So much bush. And I have to say, like, being, you know, I was born in 1984. Sorry, everybody out there who's, like, in their 20s. But, you know, I'm an old lady. And um, they're, like, I mean, I have to say this. Like, moms all had bushes, you know, like, full on. Sure. So, like, that's what I was used to. Like, when I saw that opening scene of Carrie, I was just like, yeah, that's a bunch of bushes. Like, that's <laughs> what women have. Like Checks out checks out first thing on the list about life okay great everyone's got a bush (laughs) not anymore god God. were your parents uh, people are doing their vaginas
4: (laughs) did they remain together were your parents always together
2: they were always together and like my mom never remarried i mean my dad how could she what a fascinating man yes thank you yeah he was extremely fascinating and such an open mind and open spirit. I mean, he really was like somebody who I tell this to my friends who, you know, who lose, who lose loved ones, or at this point, you know, we are losing, people are losing their parents, unfortunately. And I just tell them, you know, the relationship is, will be what you want it to be. Like, if you want the relationship to continue, it will. Um, It's, it's a new relationship, but it's not, it's not over. You know, Mm. and so I just had to like learn my dad in this realm, you know, where we don't see each other. But like he's extremely present still, you know. So Mm -hmm. how and
0: how specifically like let's get into it. I want to hear. Yeah, let's get into
2: it. Okay, so let's
0: have the conversation you're afraid to have anywhere else.
2: Oh my God. And I've had, I've had these conversations with people and they're like, oh yeah, well, that was was pretty scary. And I'm like, no, it's not scary at all. It's cool. You know, but so, okay. So when my dad passed away, it's kind of an unusual situation, but he actually like was still in the home. We had a hospital bed and we had like, um, nurses who would come in and take care of him when my mom was working. And, uh, so we actually were fortunate enough to have a hospital bed in the house. So he was always at home. So he died in the, in the house. And, um, the night that he passed away, he was on a breathing tube and my mom came downstairs cause she had to have the hospital bed downstairs. And he was like, kind of, it. she could tell that like, you know, he hadn't eaten in a week. And so his body was like, you know, um, it his body had already crossed, like, or his spirit was trying to cross over, but couldn't because he was forced to breathe from this breathing machine. So he, my mom said, do you want me to remove it? And he shook his head, yes. And so she did. And she said, can you hear, this is like kind of, sorry, but she said, can you hear the bells ringing? Can you hear the angels singing? Because my dad was very spiritual and he shook, he nodded his head, yes. And so wow. she like, you know, stayed with him for a little bit and then came back upstairs to come get me. And at that time I heard a tapping at the window before she came upstairs. I heard a tapping at the window and I woke up from a sleep from this tapping at the window and the light outside my window like was really bright and we had a baby monitor on him. And so from, the room, because I was sleeping in my mom's room. Um, the baby monitor—I heard bells ringing on the baby monitor, and my mom got upstairs. Oh
0: my god! And
2: she said, "I think your, you know, your dad's going to be passing away soon." And I was like, "I think he just did," because yeah. I heard a tapping at the window and I heard bells ringing on the baby monitor. And we went and got my brother, and we went downstairs, and he had he had passed away. Wow. And then the next day, they wow. have to embalm the body and all of those things. And so I was going to go to my go with my friend Jessica and her mom, and they were going to take me shopping, as you do. in orange county when someone has died another mom in the neighborhood takes you shopping and that's what you do because what do you want to do after you've just lost your father you want to go to the mall right that's what everybody top yep (laughs) i mean talk about a zombie i literally was just walking around that mall like such a zombie that day but i was blow drying my hair in the bathroom and i we had like a jack and jill bathroom which i don't know if you guys know what that What that is, but it's like okay. I was like, I don't know if that's like a normal term for it, but anyways, a Jack and Jill. Tell our
0: listeners, maybe some of our listeners don't. Yeah,
2: it's basically a bathroom in between two bedroom doors, and so two bedrooms share one bathroom. And so I was blow drying my hair, and the doors were shut, and all of a sudden the door opened. Like it opened, one of the doors like just completely opened. It wasn't completely shut, but it opened up all the way, and this big gust of wind came through the bathroom. And it's like, I could smell my dad and I was like, okay, it must just be, I'll I'll just shut, I'll shut the window in my brother's room. So I walked into my brother's room to shut the window and the window was shut.
0: Hmm.
2: So it was just like this like insane gust of wind that came in. And then for like years after this, Every time I would walk into the room, the light would turn on and I'd be like, dad, and the light would turn off. Um, This happened for years and it got to the point where like my friends were like, I don't want to spend the night at your house because your dad scares me. (laughs) So I had asked him to stop. And then one last like crazy thing that happened growing up was like my, my friend Jessica and I were playing and we hear this ringing. And it's like a telephone ringing and we can't find it. We finally realized it's in our messy closet. Like we had this like a messy drawer, but we had like a messy closet growing up and we opened it up. We could hear the ringing from inside there. And so we take, we found that there was this like phone. Uh, it was a cord, like a phone with a cord, but it wasn't plugged in wow. and oh it was just ringing. And so I like picked it up.
4: Yeah, you like,
2: Hello? did. <laughs> I mean, Hello. why the hell not? I that here. Thing yeah. up. may I help you? <laughs>
4: Yeah. Yes. Yes, spirits.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Calling from the other side. What would you like to say? <laughs> and and there was obviously nothing, no one said anything on the other line, but it was those kinds of experiences happened all the time growing up. And
4: undeniable.
2: Undeniable. And you know, it really was one of those things where my mom was like, Listen, you know, you either can lean into it or you can lean out of that. And <laughs> um, you know if you lean in, it could take over, you know? And so it really just depends on what you want. And so I, I leaned out, you know, but I've always felt like I've had one foot in that world, you know, mm. because I grew up with it. It shaped so much of the way that I see the world is through the experience I had with my dad and his passing. And I think when you have death happen in the family at such an early age, you, cause he was sick for such a long time too, You, it it shapes the way that you see the world. You know, it 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 kind of allows the thin veil of life to like be lifted, yeah. And Mm -hmm. you can see through it. You know.
0: Wow. Do you still? Sorry, I said
2: you know, and I know a lot of people hate that when they're like, you know, and then it's like, Uh, yeah, I guess. (laughs) We do know.
4: (laughs) We do. Come on, Bigfoot (laughs) boys. That that (laughs) word (laughs) verbiage works here.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. I'd like
4: to talk to you after this podcast.
0: Um, do you <laughs> yeah. still Wait, really? No, I'm just. Uh, do <laughs> okay. you? Well, of course, we we're, were friends. Um, yeah. Do you? Do you still feel like you get communication with? Oh yeah, through, from your dad now because you said you kind of left it behind. But where's it, where's all that now? You know,
2: totally. I I definitely do. I mean, he comes to me th- in dreams a lot. Um, not like I because I remember you. I think one of you had said this in the past on the podcast. Is like like you if you ask for it and then you go to sleep sometimes like it'll like they'll come to you mm. um and that like it doesn't always happen that way but he has come to me and said some very important things to me um and and I've like always written those things down and then it will be like years later and those things will will mean so much and it's like oh well that was actually a really profound thing that he said in my dream but my relationship with him is still the same like I I don't have like lights turning on and off anymore. Um, And it's not like doors are being opened and wind is blowing in my face and those kinds of things. But he's really present. Like um, I'll I'll get readings done. I really love – there's this – one of my friends, Charlene de Guzman. She's charlenejoy.com and you can get like readings with her. And she's really fantastic. And I've done some readings with her and my dad has definitely come through. And I write down everything that she tells me that he says and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. Like I had a reading in the last month and he said so many poignant things to me about the way that I need to be living my life. Like little things like accept your body, accept yourself, like have extreme love for yourself. And, and of course, like these things kind of could be for anybody, you know, but they resonate so deeply at certain times in my life where I'm like, oh my god, I'm really struggling with this, and then just doing something to work on that one little thing completely opens up my life in a different way.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, <clears throat> one of my favorite books is uh, "Surviving Death" by Leslie Keen, and 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 she's an investigative journalist, so she she takes a very pragmatic, real approach, and she wanted to know for herself like what was to this sort of. You know, these afterlife correspondences and and basically what she came away with is, you know, when these loved ones reach out, it's in it's it's in such a personal way, a profound way that, you know, for anyone else, they'd be like, oh, that's just that, you know, but like Mm -hmm. when it's when it's targeted to you, you know, from someone you love, it's so Mm -hmm. specific, you know. And it's just, it sounds like that's the same thing. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's meant for you, not for everybody else to, to believe in it, but it's like, they're just little signs and gifts for, for you. I think that's so profound, you know?
0: And it's also advice Mm -hmm. that your dad would give you if he were alive too. It's very practical, you know, as, as spiritual as it hits you. That the thing that I was thinking of is like the messages that you're getting. That's like that's like fatherly love. That's like dad's telling you like, hey, don't sweat this stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. These are the yes. important things in life, you know, which I feel like that's what parents are, should should do. You know, is kind of like light the way for for their kids and their adult children, you know.
2: 100 percent we've heard about
4: like in quantum physics a lot of this talk about Mm. like entangled particles right and i feel like if particles can be entangled all the time i mean everywhere (sighs) we go oh my god i (laughs) love talking about just talking about them the (laughs) other day no
2: i was was, i've been talking about entanglement for like six weeks (laughs) oh
4: perfect great well i i always feel or i've at least i feel today right now that if particles can be entangled then so can people right and it's like so for instance, yes, as soon as a part- we are
2: made up of particles yeah, we're and made it up transcends of energy. space
4: mm-hmm. and time, it's faster yes. than the speed of light. The communication yes. is instantaneous. And it's like, if you're mm-hmm. thinking about your father and that has resonance, then boom, your father is immediately connected and on that pathway. And he can, you know, he can communicate like yes. no problem, like nobody's business. And, and it's like, I just feel like the people in our lives that we are entangled with them and, and it and it crosses death, it crosses time, it crosses space, you know, and if we if we tune into those um to those bonds, for lack of a better yes. word, then 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 they're there. They're there to be used.
0: You and your dad have formed a dyad in the force. Amen. Oh my just, god, you're Star just Wars like you're just like Ray and Kylo.
2: Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I'm like, I no my i i 100 percent. i mean like there's so much to entanglement too i mean like it, that's a, you said it all perfectly exactly that one one affects the other you uh, know 100%. and it has to and it doesn't it, and we're so limited you know we only we understand so little about just our physical world you know yeah. and things are constantly being broken, the way that we know geometry and physics are constantly, laws are constantly changing and being broken. And so it's like, what, what is anything, you know? I mean, we're powerful beings. Everything is matter. Everything is shifting and energy. And so it's just like, we're only limited to our own mind and the way that we see the world. So if you see the world limit, if there's limitlessness in the world, then the world is going to be without limit.
0: Here, here. Now, do you think this connection you have with your father, <clears throat> do you think this is something that comes naturally to everybody? Or, or do you think like your mm. dad was predispositioned to be sort of, you know, mm-hmm. strong, stronger on the other side or you're more receptive? Like, is there a history of this stuff in your family or or what?
2: I think those are all such great questions. Yes, I do. I actually had this conversation recently with a, a really good family friend of ours. Um, my dad's, one of my dad's really good friends who have, of course, was much younger than him. And he's unfortunately, um, he's been diagnosed with brain cancer. And so he's been in many rounds of chemotherapy and surgeries, but it, it's going to take him, you know? And I told him, you know, it's, if you... And I, you guys had talked about this on the podcast is that like, whatever you're dealing with on the planet, whatever you're searching for, whatever lessons you're trying to learn on earth, you're going to continue learning on the other side or whatever we turn into after mm. we leave our physical bodies. And we're going to be constantly working on that thing. And so I think my dad on earth was just such an evolved person and such an evolved spirit. And of course he had... Things that he struggled with, like anybody else, you know, but he was so evolved. And like you said, Michael, you know, you you could definitely still have kids. And I have to say that, like, I really appreciate that my dad was older because he imparted so much wisdom and he understood that every moment was important. And we get caught up, like, I get caught up in my own stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, I have a daughter. Like, I have to pay attention to my one and a half year old, you know, like, what are you doing, you know? And, but my dad, rarely did that. Like every moment was special and important to him. And so I think being such an evolved spirit has definitely allowed him to stay extremely connected to me and to my family, you know, on the other side. So I do think that that is part of it. And then, you know, I'm Sicilian. And so being Sicilian and Italian, like, yeah, you know, lore exists in families, you know, families,
4: everything, yeah,
2: everything. And, you know, you, there was never a time that you went to like a family dinner and you didn't sit on the couch and you realized that you were sitting on Nana because she was underneath that Afghan blanket. Like there was mm-hmm. old people in the house all the time. So there was always this connection to life and death. We were, it was always in our face. No one was in an old folks home you know everyone died in the home and hmm. so being connected to that i think also allows us to be open in a different way
0: so you yeah you were exposed sounds like not just with your father but your 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 family was ex- you know definitely yeah, something that was some... hidden away
2: <laughs> right yeah which is i mean most of us
0: in modern society, that's kind of the case, you know what I mean? Like, we we remove death from the house, you know, it happens in a hospital or in hospice, yes. you know. Yeah, right. And, you know, for, you know, I feel like, you know, thousands of years, that was something that people were more wit- witness to. And now we have sort of that disconnection hmm. with it, I feel
2: like. We do, and we don't. we don't have connection to the process of people passing either. Like I've listened to podcasts or documentaries or people speak about death and, you know, a lot of people heal through the process of, you know, burying their family and, you know, in more like tribal communities, like being able to bury the body of your loved one, like it helps you grieve and heal and process death. And a lot of times it's like, until you really have a relationship with death, like how do you really live? A hundred percent.
0: Yep. things that's been so hard about this year in particular <laughs> with people losing loved ones, you know?
2: Oh God. Um, yeah. People have experienced and then, oh God. Yeah. And then, you know, not, not being able to be with their loved one, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they can't get into the hospital, um, is just, is traumatizing, you know? Um, But to those people, like I would definitely um, encourage like either getting a reading or like even just like going into a dark room and lighting a candle and like just talking out loud to that person and allowing that, you know, that relationship to exist. And I think, I think that even those people who maybe weren't like my dad, who were like extremely evolved, whatever, I think that it still opens a door, definitely, for them to realize that they're still around.
0: Was there a moment you had to get over where you're like, I'm going to talk out loud to a spirit right now, and I feel <laughs> stupid? You know what I mean?
2: percent <laughs> Usually, this is how it goes. I'll like, sit down and I'll be like, listen, hey, Dad, Like, I'm really struggling. I know everybody else in the world is struggling way more than me, and I. this is stupid that I'm even asking for your help right now, but like, i just like, can you help me? I know it's dumb like every time I like sit down I'm like oh my god I, this is so lame <laughs> but I can't help it
4: I remember I, like having <clears throat> so I, I I like you know I'm not a religious person but I like to think I'm a pretty you know spiritual person but I yeah. say a little prayer at, at, at bed every you know it's more just a term of a grateful endearment for for the day or whatever before I go to sleep and I remember I used to say it out loud I'm like wait a minute I was like, if there's God, he's got to be able to read my mind. I don't have to say this shit out loud and embarrass myself.
2: I could just, I'll just do it right in my own mind, man. It's like, there you go. I'll do it in my mind and then I'll do it on a podcast. Baby. Right, right. right.
4: So
0: I do I a lot walk- of mind prayers. I was walking around <laughs> my apartment to mind prayers. I, I was walking around the apartment uh, the other night because uh, two nights ago I was having like, really wild weird uh scary dreams and then like Mm. i was it wasn't quite sleep paralysis i i i think i was asleep but i was dreaming that i was in my bed and there were like entities in the room (laughs) and i was like having this like cosmic like astral battle in my brain to get these fuckers mm. out of my personal space you know wow and um i was actually chatting with uh, marcy Jaro about it and mm-hmm. she's like you gotta cleanse your space and i was like yeah you're probably right so i got my sage and my dragon's blood and the incense that adela levine told me to get shout out and i was like walking around the room uh, walking around my apartment, like, saging, and then being, like, it's that thing where, like, I still have a hard time committing 100% out loud. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, okay, uh, evil spirit, get out. I don't want, it. I don't want you in here. You don't, know who you are. Don't do this anymore. Like, only, only uh, Albie, my dog, you're welcome. Uh, but just... Like there's there's part of you that like feels like you should be like commanding it, you know what I mean, and like just like
3: with
4: with your magician's dagger
3: doing like Dukin's, yeah, right? yeah like Hot yeah, yeah sure exactly you like, <laughs> 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 like you motherfucker you know
0: but like some but I'm just like it's like sort of half committed coming out of me it's like stuck in my chest a little bit but i tell right. you what I, I, love- slept, I, I slept like a baby that night I really did oh my that God. is such
2: a funny image and I love the idea of like the ghosts or the entities on the other side being like okay here hey guys he's gonna try and do the saging <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay
3: I like, I like the <laughs> Ooh, idea. I like scary. the idea of a, a,
4: of a half committed, like Gandalf. You know what I mean. You, 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 sh- you shouldn't pass yeah. here. Uh, don't pass. This is maybe go around. Maybe go around know, if this... you can. I don't know.
3: Oh, I, don't know guys. I feel stupid. <laughs> no, Gandalf, keep going. Yeah, no, it's is it okay? Stupid. It's this okay. Is All right.
0: Uh, is this is working. I don't know. I think my neighbors can hear me. Uh...
2: It's so funny. Anytime that we've, like, saged the house or anything, my husband's always like, all right, dudes. Like, listen, we're super chill. We're just, like, super chill. We're just hanging out here, okay? Like, you can stay, but be chill. Everyone be chill. He, like, turns into this, like, complete surfer dude, which he is. But, like, he just wants everybody to be chill. (laughs) great. Yeah.
3: He's going more for like gracious party host than like exorcist. Yes, exactly. It's, it's all good. Like, you know, you can crash here if you need to. Right. We're winding down, right. but, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever. You know, it's cool. Take it outside. It's going to get okay. heated.
0: Just take it out. Go for a walk, maybe. Uh, so,
2: Ennis, what do you uh, think?
0: What do you think the other side looks like? Like, what is it in your brain when you.
2: Okay, this is going to sound so lame. Well, here's the thing. I have no idea. But I have to say, did you guys ever watch The OA?
0: I didn't. I heard Mm, it was great. I did, yeah.
2: Oh, God, I loved it.
4: What is The OA?
2: The original Angel. Oh. And it was a series on
3: Netflix? Netflix? I think Netflix.
4: Netflix,
2: yeah. yeah. And it was about this woman who (laughs) basically she – like left, like, like she was this blind woman and she was this beautiful, she was, she could play this cello beautifully. And this man found her and he took her and she like left and she like disappeared for years. And then she came back and she could see. And, and her family was like, we have no idea what happened to her. And Hmm. we're just trying to make sure she's okay. And you come to find that she's like, had all of these, near-death experiences. And she's like an angel. And anyway, it's like, it was three seasons long. It's not coming back. And I'm so mad because I was so excited for the new season or maybe it's two seasons. Anyway, I loved it. And I loved the way that the other side was portrayed um, as being like this, like kind of all full of energy. Like I do think that, I don't know if we like, I don't think we look like ourselves, but I think it's all Cosmic and energy that's just kind of like moving, and I just Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Like it could look exactly like this, right? Like it could be a complete parallel universe that looks like it's like the one we have now. But I uh, I definitely think that there's something on the other side. But I don't think that's like Pearly Gates or anything. Sometimes
0: I picture it looking because you always hear the thing like when people. Mm Have these experiences, either psychedelic or on the other, you know, like mm-hmm. near death where they're like, it was realer than real. It felt like this was the dream, yes. right? You know what I mean? yeah And so I always kind of picture it like, okay, imagine, oh. think about what our reality looks like compared to a dream. And then that's what the other side looks like compared to this. Like it's like ultra 8K, like HD, like, well, and you exp- can- you can see around time and space. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like super, super. um, I I can unpack
4: that a little bit because I've had that experience and, 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 and what it feels like is just that like basically all synchronicities like compound into one moment. And there's not a single thing that goes by that isn't meaningful. There's not an ounce of energy wasted. Right. So it's just like, every like the colors are vibrant the the smells are more alive it's like everything is like like how it should be like this this world is is like a lower vibration you you know what I mean like it's dull wow. it's like it's you know it's like your your mind is categorized and but it's like when you're when you're in that sort of experience of like this feels realer than this world it's like it, man i it's unbelievable it's like it's like that it's just like vibrant and everything has deeper meaning and and time seems to just stand still you know it's like every movement is is there's a reason behind it i, I think that's called like woo way right not a wasted not a wasted movement wow. not a wasted there, breath you know
2: is it almost like like i don't like synesthesia Is when babies are born, they can like taste color and smell sound. Yeah, I think it's
4: exactly like that.
2: Really? Yeah, because I'd imagine because like I've heard people having these experiences like what you said, but they said that they could like the earth, you know, like they could feel things and the like nature, they could like taste nature.
4: Yeah, it's almost like even though can- they weren't putting it in their mouth. You know? Yeah, you can know, like
2: eating grass. Put yeah, that you- stick. Down, they did have a mouth full eat- of grass. But-
3: Ground crawling необ- all over. This that- tastes like dirt. Dave, are you okay? Nature tastes like dirt. This is a dream. This world's not real.
4: It's realer over in my mouth. Dave,
2: you need to
3: go
4: home. Everyone crawl into
2: my mouth. Also, who invited Dave? Dave just showed
4: up.
3: <laughs> this Dave, bee is be is my chill. friend. <laughs> Dave, Dave, we just want
0: you to be chill. It's all good. You can stay, but
2: <laughs> Oh my god.
3: I, I hope you guys are right because if I get to the other side and it's just like a strip mall in Burbank. Oh my god. I'm like going to be very disappointed.
2: Oh, that would be awful. And I you know what was used to really scare me when I thought about death was that it never ends. That it's like time never ends that would be awful to be stuck at a strip mall forever
0: but the strip mall is full of toys from the 80s oh then
2: you know what i'm down yeah yeah it's just all your favorite stuff (laughs)
4: make your own strip mall riley
2: (laughs) oh i am so down for a strip mall full of toys just bins full of toys from the 80s yeah just
0: like (gasps) ken ken kenner's classic real ghostbusters and you know, Silverhawks. Um. Oh my
2: God. I recently decided that I'm going to go onto eBay and start collecting things that I used to love in the eighties and nineties. And you know? yeah. I'm going to start my own mini collections because, you know, when you're a kid, like you don't want to be a baby anymore. And so you get rid of a lot of your stuff. Cause you're like, I'm not a baby anymore. These are baby things. I'm a, I'm a teenager now or whatever. And now I'm like, God, I wish I would have kept all that stuff like army ants. My brother had so many army ants and now they're so Those expensive on eBay.
0: Yeah. I've been chasing that dragon for 20 <laughs>
4: years.
2: <laughs> Wait, What do you mean? What do you mean with army I mean, ants?
4: I'll send you recapturing of my his office. childhood through yeah. toys. <laughs> <gasps> I,
0: I
2: didn't know that, Michael.
4: I, oh,
0: dude, I had like all the good stuff and I sold it all to I sold the first chunk to take uh, my freshman homecoming date who was like just a friend and not interested in dating me. To like a nice dinner, and then the <gasps> rest I sold oh because I God. wanted to get a Super Nintendo, and wow. my parents told me there was no way that they were going to buy
4: one. So, you gave up <gasps> your Silver Hawks for Sizzler, <laughs> yeah. I did, yeah. where did you guys really go?
0: Did. Uh, oh man, what was it called? Um, it was called like EBT's, and it was like what I thought was the fanciest restaurant at the time. This is in Kansas City, it's like an it olive like- garden. Well, yeah, no, but it was—it was like I think I like I remember I ordered duck and then I choked oh, on the Jesus. I choked on the duck because it was so gamey. I'd never had it before, and I
3: I thought how's the duck? I
0: thought like that was a refined thing to do. And my dad were you my,
2: so pissed the whole my, time? You're like I sold. <laughs> all of my toys. Yeah. And I was like <laughs> I tried that I choked on.
0: I was chewing and I couldn't break it up and I was swallowing <laughs> it and then I started choking on it. That's great. Like for this I got rid of Cat's Lair. I sold right. Cat's Lair for 5 bucks for this. <laughs>
2: And Sorry. I mean, honestly, hats off to you for ordering the duck as a kid. And also like that was I remember I used to work at Houston's, um, Hillstone Houston's. Oh yeah. Such a good restaurant. And I remember when like kids would come in and they'd be like clearly on a date and they were so young and they would try and order fancy things and I'd just be like, Oh my God, this is the sweetest thing. But also like, they're not gonna know how to eat that. Right. You know? Just get <laughs> the burger am yeah. yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, You'll have a nice time. Eat what you know. Uh. Eat but, you my know. God.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, and we have a game that we love to play with all of our guests and you are yes. certainly no, ex- no exception. I'm going to go down a list of phenomena, rapid fire. If you're Great. open to it, you're going to say, believe it. If you're not, you're going to say bullshit. Great. Uh, if you're somewhere in between, you have to come down on one side of the fence. All right. We can circle back and talk about any of these Oof. things uh, okay. that you want to, you want to come back to, but here we go. Okay. This is a game we call bullshit.
4: Or believe it.
0: And Ace, on your mark, get set, ghosts,
2: Uh, believe it. UFOs, believe it. Bigfoot, believe it. ESP, believe it.
0: Shadow people,
2: I've met one. Believe it.
0: Unicorns,
2: I want it to be believed, but it's bullshit.
0: Alien abductions
2: believe
0: it yeti
2: mm, i mean, believe it
0: mothman
2: bullshit
0: out of body experiences believe it tarot cards believe it demonically possessed dolls oh,
2: bullshit
0: the healing power of crystals
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> believe it i've got a drawer full of them <laughs> i want them to work
0: an alien spacecraft crashed at Roswell. Believe it. Loch Ness Monster.
2: Uh, I'm teetering and I think I'm falling into bullshit.
0: Atlantis.
2: I- uh bullshit.
0: Haunted houses.
2: Believe it.
0: Skunk Ape.
2: Skunk Cape?
0: Skunk Ape. Skunk,
2: skunk ape. We're close. I've never heard of skunk ape.
0: Okay, I wow. think that counts as an wow. unlock, don't yep. you, boys? That counts. Okay. That counts. Unlock cool. it, baby. You unlocked a, a hidden game within the game. The jersey, Ooh. the Jersey Devil,
2: the Jersey d- is. Wait, is this one that you're asking me about?
0: Yeah. Sorry, yeah. we'll get to the skunk ape game after the rest of this. Okay. List. Wait. The Jersey, the jersey Devil. Devil. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) i want this to be another game what is the jersey devil
0: uh it's like a weird cryptid creature that's got like bat wings and like a weird goat head that like hangs out in the pine barrens not on like the
2: jersey not on like the jersey shore but like somewhere else in jersey yeah 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 oh uh
0: it's like a demonic cryptid It was damn birth, birth, the (laughs) thirteenth child of a woman. (laughs) Yeah,
2: from Jersey. I'm pretty sure I've met a few of them, but I'm going to (laughs) say bullshit.
0: The biblical devil, bullshit. Speaking to the dead. Oh, believe it. Mermaids, (gasps) bullshit. The government is hiding the truth about Sasquatch.
2: I think that's bullshit.
0: Past lives. Believe it. Life on other planets.
2: Believe it.
0: Life after death. Believe it. All right. You did great. Uh, Let's circle back before we move on to game two. Uh, Let's see. You met a shadow person.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's happened to me before. And I don't know if it's like sleep paralysis, like you had mentioned earlier. Um, But basically, there's been a couple times when... uh, i've woken up once as a kid both of them as kids but once as like a you know young adult where i've woken up and there was like a person like hovering over me and i could see them one of them was like an an older woman and then one of them was i think they were both like older women but they were hovering over me and i couldn't move and it was like I was – like I wasn't sure if I was still in my – I wasn't sure if I was still – if I was awake or if I was still in my dream. And then like I, – and I couldn't talk either. And then I could finally start moving and I like – once I could start talking, I was like telling it to leave and it slowly left. Oh. So like that, that has happened to me a couple of times. And it that, is – That counts. Awful. It is awful. Yeah. But I didn't feel like she was – one time I felt scared and then the other time I felt like she was just checking in.
0: Got it. Maybe an ancestor yeah. that you didn't know about.
2: Maybe. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um you mentioned mm. before we started recording that your family is kind of a Bigfoot family. You said you yeah. we'll leave it to Bigfoot. What's that about? Yeah.
2: Well, uh, my husband really loves Bigfoot. And I will say like for instance, the other night I went outside and it was like dusk and He was in the pool like soaking because it's ice cold and he thinks that's like good for him because of, you know, Joe Rogan podcast. And I was (laughs) going to finish gardening real quick and there was something coming from his phone and it was like, like this weird, crazy noise. And I was like, what is that? what are you listening to? And he's like, oh, just some Bigfoot footage. Let me just listen to Steve. I love this guy. Are you you married to Bryce?
0: Bryce, do you have a secret Uh, second family that we don't know about?
4: No, just a jacuzzi Bigfoot club uh, where we, where we we go over footage and vocalizations in a jacuzzi. That's
2: another Patreon. Maybe you'll get
4: an invite. Oh, man.
2: Boy, you might have to get him on the show. Yeah, he loves it. I mean, like, we have watched several Bigfoot documentaries and the, the bet what's better than a good Bigfoot documentary is a bad Bigfoot documentary mm-hmm. where it's Hell just yeah. like, feels like a 13 year old kid made it. And he's just like learned, you know, how to not Photoshop, but like use whatever I iMovie.
0: could oh not, God. I could <laughs> not agree more. Absolutely Right?
2: They're so fun to watch. And, and, and like we were watching one the other night and it was like, these formations have been found in forests all along the Central Coast. No one knows what they are, but they're triangular shaped. And then it's just like a series of pictures of like broken trees that are like made to... Sh- in shapes like X's, you know, mm, tree structures, and yeah, tree structures. Mm. But I mean, I, yeah, we, I mean, like right now I'm facing a, a, an original artwork from a, an artist. Um, and it's Bigfoot in a, in a, um, like a bus. So we have like oh. a lot of Bigfoot stuff. Well, you're um, going to
0: need to take a photo of that and send it to us. We'll put it. On I, will,
2: the I will. I will. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We do like Bigfoot in this house.
0: Well, your husband may already know about this entity and may already be a fan, but since you don't know what skunk ape is. Uh, You've unlocked a secret game called 60 Seconds to Sell Skunk Ape. I think I said that right. Uh, Bryce has 60 seconds on the clock to convince you that Skunk Ape oh, love is real. All right, Bryce, you ready? Because on your mark, yeah, I'm ready. get set, go.
4: All right, I think we can get right to the point on this one. Look, mm-hmm. Anna East, we're both Bigfoot believers, right? Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bigfoot. So all Skunk Ape is, is Florida's Bigfoot. That's it. That's it. It's just an East Coast swamp Sasquatch. And they call it Skunk Ape because sometimes it has a a white mark down its back and it smells like a skunk. What do you say? Can we put you down as a believer for Skunk Ape?
2: And these are found in swamps in and around Florida?
4: Yeah. And that makes sense, doesn't it?
2: I do have to say I did go to Florida once. It, during the pandemic, so it was weird, um, and I think it's very possible that something is lurking. I mean, there's a lot going on in Florida.
4: Great, great. I'm just going to write you down here as a believer. I have your addresses, so and so, and uh, <laughs> and you know, for ordering today, I'm going to go ahead and put in a pack You're of done. MMs. Stop.
0: Bryce, you're
2: <gasps> done. A pack of M&M's? Oh,
4: no, that
0: what came What kind? In, that guy, nope, he cannot speak anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, Annie East. I
2: hope it's peanut. Do or peanut you butt. buy <clears throat>
0: Skunk Ape?
2: Like, I, I really do think that it's very possible that something is living in those swamps in Florida, and so much is happening in Florida that, you know what? If I believe in Bigfoot, I can't,
4: can't leave I out florida yeah Price, exactly Price, you're if done floridians
2: selling. believe in it then i can't be close-minded you know i can't so, discriminate one big yes. foot for the other i'm gonna go ahead and say sure
4: boom
0: all right congratulations boom. Bryce. you sold
4: skunk nice. ape well thank you very much and look to learn more about the skunk ape visit our backlog bcc episode 19 with adam Marcinowski, where we discuss the Mayaka skunk ape.
0: All right, Ooh. I like how you went for the
4: hard sell that time. I, Grace, I used some. Of, of, did you, you hear of my trial closes? Yeah, that, that's yeah. how I used to sell computer toner ribbons and cartridges. You were closing that sale. Yeah, oh, and that makes and that makes sense, doesn't it? And you could see why that would benefit you, don't you?
2: That's good. You can't say did no you to those feel, questions. Yeah. Did you, you ever feel closing. guilty selling stuff?
4: I hated sales with a fucking yeah. passion.
2: Yeah. Oh.
0: Me too. Well, I'm glad you're finally using it. it for something good, Bryce. <laughs> you're using it for good, yeah. Because those yeah, now you use it the for photos, I got to say, the photos haven't been working lately. So no,
3: I
4: know. I well, moving on to new techniques. So. There's
0: photos, Annie. We'll make sure you see them before uh, you say goodnight tonight. <laughs> oh
2: All my right. god! Is, okay, great. We're gonna
0: take a break. Uh, when we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness with Bryce.
3: Ooh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm going to stop and do a new recording, so everybody stand by. Okay.
0: All right, we're back. Before we get into this week's story of High Strangeness, Anna East has taken a look at the Mayaka Skunk Ape photos. Mm-hmm. Do you stand firm by your decision to buy Skunk Ape?
2: I'm so firmly... I am, I am standing so firmly in my decision, right. and I feel like I would be kicking myself if I said I didn't believe in it. Of course I believe in scape.
0: We, we should do that now, like, uh, if you don't use the photos, like when people say no, we show them the photo afterwards. Like, this is what you could have won. <laughs> I like that. Right. I like that a lot. <clears throat> All right, Bryce. Well, it's your turn for a story of high strangeness tonight. What do you Great. got for us?
4: Look, I in the, hearing our conversation, our lovely conversation that we mm-hmm. had with... Anna East. I think everybody is going to really like this story. I'm going to start it with a quote. Do not try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth there is no spoon. Then you'll see it's not the spoon that bends, it is only yourself little boy in the Oracle's waiting room, <laughs> The Matrix. This is I one... thought that was
3: Einstein. That's... God, I love <laughs> <laughs> The Matrix, too. This is
0: one where I feel like Bryce is just going to start describing a movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we
3: love yeah. The Matrix <laughs> quote. You know where we're
4: headed. <laughs> You've probably never heard of him, but at one point in time, Andrija Puharich was one of the world's leading innovative scientists, an experimental researcher and physician his primary aim was to bridge the fields of parapsychology and medicine. He held numerous patents granted in medicine as well as electronics and is the inventor of the Faraday Cage, hearing aids, and the idea of scope, a special strobe light that could train the user to have out-of-body experiences at will. Dr. Andrea Puerich authored several groundbreaking books about his research into the unchartered waters of parapsychology. Considered a cautious and methodical scientist, he wrote the best selling books Beyond Telepathy and The Sacred Mushroom Key to the Door of Eternity. But if you know him at all, it's probably because he is largely credited for discovering the famed psychic Uri Geller. Anna, do you know who Uri Geller is? I do not know. Okay, he's the Spoonbender. You remember him? Ever heard of him? No, we'll the into Matrix. It.
2: Not we'll get into it Okay, not from the Matrix Okay, that's Not from the Matrix Okay, because so I do know now, the Matrix
3: Yeah, yeah Okay I like that you were like, have you heard of it? And then you're just like, the one, like, very specific thing she would have known had she heard of him. <laughs> no, <laughs> no other context or information whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. That's spon- all you need. Guy. Yeah. You know
2: the airbender. <laughs> but I do, know, I do know about the spoon bender. You know the last I, and I do, okay.
0: You know the last airbender? This, well, this guy's kind of like that, but he's the spoon bender. Yeah. She <laughs> no. knows. She knows. Yeah. We're going to get into it. We're oh, going to get damn. right into
4: it. Yeah. Okay, great. Now, the extraordinary claims of Dr. Andrea Purich is why I'm interested, because he says that a group of extraterrestrials who called themselves the Nine threatened his rep, uh, contacted him and threatened his reputation as a legitimate scientist and cast him in the dubious role of contactee. Born in Chicago in 1918, Purich was one of seven seven children born to Croatian immigrants. During World War II, Puerich was a student in the Army Specialized Training Program. He earned an undergraduate degree in philosophy and pre-medicine and received his M.D. from the Northwestern University School of Medicine in 1947. From 1953 to 1955, he served as a captain in the Army Medical Corps and was already presenting papers about the possible military usefulness of paranormal phenomena such as extrasensory perception, or ESP earning him meetings with various high-ranking officers and officials from the Pentagon, CIA, and Naval Intelligence. And Anais, I heard you say a big yes on ESP, so... Okay, baby. Let's get into it. In 1952, Puerich had been investigating the Hindu scholar Dr. D.G. Vinod, who claimed to possess clairvoyant powers. It was at this time, during one of their meetings, when suddenly the scholar went into a trance... ...and proceeded to speak in a strange voice with a perfect English accent. The voice described itself as a representative of the nine principles and forces... ...superhuman intelligences who created mankind and whose aim was to aid human evolution.
2: I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the emissary. But the original time I was on the planet Earth... Was 34,000 of your years ago. I am the balance, and when I say I, I mean because I am an emissary for the Nine. It is not I, but it is the group. We are nine principles of the universe, yet together we are one.
4: Well done. Strangely <laughs> enough, this concept of the Nine is nothing new. Stories of emperors, kings, and pharaohs consulting a pantheon of nine gods can be found in multiple cultures across the globe. The ancient Egyptians had what was known as the Great Aeneid, a group of nine deities in Egyptian mythology who were worshipped at Heliopolis. And in Greek mythology, after punishing Prometheus for giving fire, or divine knowledge, to mankind, The infuriated Zeus decided to punish mankind for accepting this forbidden knowledge by gathering eight other deities and forming the Council of Nine. Together, this council created Pandora and sent her, as a gift, to Epimetheus, along with a box, Pandora's box. She was told never to open it. But of course, you know how the story goes. Curiosity got the best of Pandora, and she opened the box Releasing all of the misfortunes of mankind. Which, oddly enough, bears a striking resemblance to the creation story of Genesis in the Bible, when in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve everything they could ever want in this paradise. And yet, he also placed a certain tree as well, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that was not to be touched by Adam or Eve. And of course, what did they do? They ate from it. And so began man's fall from grace. But I suppose God didn't see that coming. But I digress. Four years had passed since Andrea Purich had heard I'm, that I'm strange voice. I'm still surprised.
0: Voice. I'm still wrapping my mind around the fact Zeus showed up for a minute.
4: <laughs> this is going to get this. This is covering all the bases, buddy. It's a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. This is a wild ride. Like, Strap in tell, your seatbelt.
0: Tell me when Thanos shows up, okay?
4: <laughs> oh, I forgot Thanos. Damn. Four years had passed since Andrea Purich had heard that strange voice come through the Hindu scholar. Purich was now in Mexico where he met a doctor and his wife who also had claims of being in touch with space beings through the mouth of a trance medium. The doctor had sent Puerich two messages he had received from the space beings who had ordered him to transmit them to Purich. The messages stated that they were the same nine principals who had spoken through the Hindu scholar so long ago and that they would be contacting Purich again in due course. Enter Yuri Geller, yes, the Spoonbender. Geller's a Hungarian name and Yuri's parents, Itzhak and Margaret, had fled from Hungary shortly before the Second World War. They succeeded in reaching Palestine, now Israel, in 1940, where they gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, Yuri was born on December twentieth, 1946, in Tel Aviv. Aside from being a normal boy whose parents were on the splits due to his father's infidelity, Yuri had, or maybe the better word is, received special abilities as a child. You see, Yuri is a self-proclaimed psychic. When questioned about the origin of his powers, he mentioned an incident that took place when he was just five years old. His mother had an old sewing machine which had a small hole... ...through which he could see a tiny blue spark. One day, he tried to touch the spark with his finger. The shock threw him backward violently. Shortly thereafter, his powers began to manifest themselves. He discovered one day that he could read his mother's mind. When she came back from playing cards... ...he knew exactly how much money she had won or lost... ...and would tell her so, to her amazement. But the tangible phenomenon began when he was six. His father had given him a watch... One day in class, he noticed... God, I almost went into Christopher Walken with the, this watch that I gave you in class. Anyway, he noticed that it was a half an hour fast, so he set it right. But the time would constantly spring forward. He decided there must be something wrong with the watch. However, when the watch was left at home, it behaved perfectly. Then one day, he placed it on the desk in front of him and saw that the hands were going around much too fast. Deciding it was faulty, he persuaded his parents to buy him another. That's when the hands on the watch somehow bent upwards, touching the glass, ruining it. Sometime later, as he sat in class without his watch, the boy sitting next to him remarked, Hey, my watch just moved ahead an hour. In a mischievous mood, Yuri claimed, I did that. He took the watch, concentrated on it, and somehow made the hands move ahead on their own. His classmates were astonished. Needless to say, Yuri quickly gained a reputation amongst his school friends as that kid. Then began the spoon bending. One day while eating soup, the bowl of the spoon fell off the handle. And another time in a coffee shop he frequented with his mother, the spoons around him started bending, although he wasn't even touching them. After that came locks, keys, and just about anything metal Yuri could get his hands on. He also noticed a strong telepathic link to his mother... One time when she was in an accident, Yuri knew the very second it happened and was guided directly to the room where she was taken at the hospital. Fast forward 15 years later, Yuri's talents had caught the attention of Dr. Andrea Puerich. Puerich had read a report about a young Israeli with incredible powers, including the ability to move the hands of a watch without touching it, and to cause a ring held by someone else to snap merely by cupping his hands around the person's hand. He wrote to Geller in Israel and went to see him. When Geller passed a series of tests, he became immediately convinced of Geller's true abilities and brought him to America for scientific investigation. One day, whilst working together, Geller was in a light hypnotic trance and a strange computer-like voice began speaking from the air and identified itself as some kind of superhuman or non-human entity and went on to explain that they had chosen Geller... ...to be an instrument of their purpose. If that weren't enough... ...before this metallic-like voice began speaking... ...out of thin air... ...while Geller was in a hypnotic session with Purich, ...Geller was asked about his childhood... ...only to reveal... ...that when he was just three years old... ...he had gone into the garden opposite his home... ...in the sky above his head... ...he noticed a bright, bull-shaped object. There was a high-pitched ringing sound in the air... The light came down closer to him, and that's when some type of figure emerged with a shining face and wearing a black cape. He appeared in front of little Yuri and dazzled him with a ray of light that shot from his head straight into Yuri so hard that he fell to the ground and lost consciousness. In later communications, the space beings identified themselves as the Nine, the same Nine that Purich had heard from some 20 years earlier. The Nine explained that they chose Yuri because his biological makeup was suitable for their purposes and that he was the perfect receiving station for the powers they would transmit to him. They told the men that they existed in another dimension outside of space and time and had been watching the human race for some thousands of years and at present they were in a starship called Spectra somewhere out in deep space. Moreover, it was they who were connected with the phenomenon known as flying saucers or UFOs. Their ultimate purpose was to save man from destroying himself and to bring about world peace. With practice, Geller's talents grew but were often unpredictable and hard to handle. There's even the time he supposedly and accidentally teleported himself across New York. (laughs) Yuri was walking down a street in Manhattan with Maria Janis, Gary Cooper's daughter... They had left the apartment to go jogging, and within two minutes of walking out the door, on 68th and Park, Yuri somehow landed in Puharich's home in Austin, New York, 36 miles away. Puharich recalls,
0: I was home alone. I heard this huge crash and thought it was an earthquake. I couldn't find the source of it at first, and then I heard this bleak voice. Andrea! Andrea! There he was crumpled up on the floor. He was intact and wasn't hurt at all. I've had a lot of that kind of stuff with Yuri.
4: (laughs) Well, go on. Geller's (laughs) talents also caught the attention of NASA astronaut Captain Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon, who was so impressed by Geller's abilities, he decided to introduce Geller to a series of controlled tests in one of the most secretive labs in the world. The famed Stanford Research Institute, where cutting-edge research was being conducted, the type of experimental research that had strong military applications. It was here, where remote viewing was born. The lab was headed up by laser scientist legends Hal Pudoff and Russell Targ, who had Geller bending metal, teleporting things, demonstrating incidents of telepathy and clairvoyance to their utter amazements. The results were astounding and the stuff of legend. As one story goes, there was another lab upstairs for ARPA, a computer network system. Somebody put two and two together and said,
2: Hey, there's a crazy kid downstairs who is bending metal and and levitating things.
4: So they cross correlated and discovered that when Yuri did something, the computers would go wacko. Program printouts would pop up, sometimes partly erased. The power supply would go out, followed by a startling realization.
2: Holy shit! He's affecting our computers!
4: Panic ensued. A squad of colonels came out from Washington to sniff around and watch Yuri do his thing. They were immediately shaken.
1: Uh...
3: You guys do know that our uh, whole defense system's based on computers and uh, magnetic tape cards, don't you? Can this guy wipe them out? And will he cooperate? That second one was not a question!
0: You sure said it like a question, sir. You, you, your inflection stand went down. up. At the, your <laughs> went up at the down end. Down. I'm just saying, did it came up? up at the end. Stand down.
2: It did come up at the end, sir.
0: We're just trying to follow your orders, and it's just we're they're just a little following con- the order.
3: They're a little confused. Is that an
2: order or a question? Yeah, we're confused. So.
3: I have a very uh... melodic tone to my voice. <laughs>
2: Still sounds like you're asking a question. Am I right? It's been a
3: problem most of my life. <laughs> I just <said> stand down. <laughs> No, no. is that a question or an order, sir? We're really confused. (laughs) That's an order.
4: So they took Geller to Bell Labs and to the Livermore Radiation Lab, and they put together an elaborate setup for magnetic shielding. They learned that he could wipe out anything on computer tape. The colonels were floored. Riley, (laughs) this guy, good, good start. (laughs)
1: It's a lot of death not here. World War III.
4: Later, the Secret Service asked That's if Geller,
0: sweet. Yuri Geller, could start World War Three. World War Three?
4: Well, I'm if he sorry, could wipe not... out the the, the tapes, Is yes. Is that a
0: question or an order, sir? Again, we don't. Oh Jesus! Don't
4: know. <laughs> Later, the Secret Service asked if Geller could activate the hotline between Moscow and Washington, to which Puharich responded.
0: Oh, my. I think he could, but I don't think he cares to. You'd have to pay him to do so.
4: After that, they said they would categorize him as a higher intelligence. You see, Geller had already astonished the world with his previous television appearances, which caused a sensation in Europe. Hundreds of kids started to bend metal as a result of seeing him either on TV or in person. But the Americans were more skeptical. That is, until they tested him in their labs. It was then the government brass realized they may well indeed have a real problem on their hand. If kids all around the world actually started to believe that these types of mental powers could be learned and used, any kid on a caper could cause a national security crisis. It's not hard to imagine closeted discussions of quieting Geller. But since the genie was already out of the bottle, they concocted a better idea. Enter Stage musician James Randi and scientific skeptic. The idea was to discredit Geller through a targeted disinformation campaign developed by Ray Hyman in the Department of Defense using the amazing Randi. The plan was simple concoct a smoke screen around Geller so that no one would take him seriously, and Randi was perfect for the job since he didn't believe in the paranormal, not one bit in the first place. His job was to make things difficult for legitimate psychic researchers. When the average Joe would say, Geller's a fake, Randy proved it, their mission was deemed a success. Now, I should mention here that Geller probably made this much easier than it needed to be. You see, early in his career, when he would perform psychic feats and metal bending in front of live audiences, and seeing how his powers weren't 100% reliable, his entertainment manager convinced him to have a mentalist trick always at the ready. His manager would watch an audience member or two leave their car and write down their license plate numbers, which he gave to Geller to reveal on stage. But they got caught, and Geller's reputation ultimately paid the price. After the glory years of psychic and ESP testing at the Stanford Research Institute, it became a CIA research center with a focus on psychological warfare operations. His time in the limelight, however, took its toll. Exhausted by skeptics and everyone he came across asking him to bend something, Geller and Andrea eventually went their separate ways. Andrea continued his research in parapsychology with a focus on low-frequency waves and their causal effects, and Geller went on to make millions as a hired psychic dowser for oil drilling companies. Once, when asked about what he thought of Yuri Geller, Andrea said,
0: He won't admit it. But I can tell you, after researching him for years, that he's E.T. Like, the man who fell to Earth. He just wants to be a regular
4: person. And that is the story of Andrea Purich, Uri Geller, and the Council of Nine. Wow. What do you think about that?
2: I like that story. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about it. Tell us. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, it's like okay. I recently watched this documentary. Have you guys ever heard of um, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind? It's yeah, this like sure. new documentary that yes. came out in twenty twenty one. Okay,
0: the Stephen Greer stuff about him uh, contacting UFOs through yeah, it's
2: a
4: human being initiated uh, contact protocol.
2: Exactly, and like so. I, I recently talked about this um, on a show that I do, and, like, everybody turned on me. <laughs> it was like – everyone's right. like, this is a cult. Get out, Annie East. And it's not like I'm outside, like, trying to call, you know, E.T. But I think that it's, like, skeptics, you know. It's a fine line between, like – conspiracy theory and skepticism, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like sometimes people, I think like if you say everything you actually believe, like you can sometimes be persecuted for your beliefs. You know, a lot of people have been persecuted for their beliefs. Um, and I don't know if it's because that person becomes too powerful and they become like an egomaniac or if it's the people around them that make them an egomaniac you know it's like this relationship between the two
4: it's funny you should mention i mean because yuri would state that you know amongst skeptics if 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 they were really skeptical his powers would would find themselves dwindling whereas if he could gain momentum and and belief started to develop in a room or with an audience his powers grew you know
2: yes mm. like there is mm. that study with water and i can't remember the scientist but yeah dr um,
4: uh, imaro motoru the hidden yes. messages in water yeah and Fantastic. the way that he
2: like the if if there's good energy and good vibrations in the room that the water would c- crystallize in these beautiful formations like diamonds it was gorgeous but if the if the room was skeptical and there was bad energy around then the water would just look terrible yes. you know
4: and one of my favorite book i mean yeah he you exactly how you explained it he ran a series of tests uh photographing microscopic water molecules and mm-hmm. some he would emit a buddhist chant upon it and then some he would be like i hate you i hate you i hate you you know and yes. uh, the ones he would photograph with thoughts of like love or thankfulness or gratitude came out in these beautiful crystalline structures and and the ones that had sort of even like heavy metal playing or something came out like distorted and and uh they were still beautiful but in a in a different sort of you know oh, in well, a way
3: don't no against so heavy sweet. metal
4: guys it, <laughs> riley we still
0: love rock and roll sorry <laughs> yeah. it was on it but it's, it's still
3: beautiful i mean that'd be kind of cool like what, maybe you could sell way. like water canned water that has heard like a thousand hours of slayer or something <laughs> you know
2: there's a market for that
3: for sure. Death water, death, death, yeah, water. death water. I drink death water.
2: <laughs> um, oh my god! But it, yeah, then they say that that's why when you like look at yourself, like mirrors can be really dangerous. That you when you look at yourself in the mirror, you should tell yourself that you're beautiful, wonderful, Mm. powerful, because the water molecules, they say that the the water Mm. molecules in your body can actually change. So if you tell yourself you're ugly and I look stupid and you know, what else do I tell myself? Um, You're an idiot. (laughs) That's esoteric
4: lore, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And uh, ever since I read that book, whenever I I drink water and i try to drink lots of it as it's going down i always say to my water i love you thank you i love you thank you with every with every swallow i take it's just that's a little habit your secret
2: that's how you that's, look so good
4: that's my secret of youth, oh you oh my guys. god okay um, I'm
2: gonna start here's about- a little
4: fun fact did you guys know that the series star trek was inspired and heavily influenced by the council of nine transcripts Great. show that star trek creator gene roddenberry had extensive communications with the Nine. After Andrea's initial contact with the Council of Nine, he created a group called the Round Table Foundation, or Lab 9, to research paranormal happenings. Prominent members included the influential philosopher and inventor Arthur M. Young, the socialite Alice, uh, Alice Astor, various scientists, and even Hollywood's John Pavel and Gene Roddenberry. Lab 9 wanted to hire Roddenberry to write a screenplay based on the Council of Nine's imminent return. So Roddenberry met and interviewed several psychics and prepared the groundwork for his script and began a series of channeled exchanges in 1975 with a being named Tom, who claimed to be one of the nine. However, Roddenberry was frustrated by the first series as he felt that he had to make too many compromises to convention. Star Trek The Next Generation would be done his way where the series gave even stronger mystical undertones. Roddenberry and his team created nine major characters, all having their own corresponding deities in the Egyptian Ennead, exactly as the Nine claimed to be. The series was then followed by Deep Space Nine that introduced a character named Vinod. A nod to Dr. G. Vinod, the real-life psychic channeler of the Council of Nine.
0: That's cool. I, yeah, I don't know too much about the Council of Nine stuff. It's very—I <laughs> get it. I mean, it's That's like all. Cool. I feel like is I feel it? like all that stuff is very. Look, I don't know much about it. It all it, this stuff feels to me. The Council of Nine stuff feels to me like in the realm of like Atlantis and Lemuria. It's very Philip Dick, too,
4: isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, and then like just a turn of the century spiritualist. Kind of stuff like the the Count of Saint uh, Comp to Saint Germain and like the Ascended Masters and all that stuff. Like, I just don't know too much about. It. I love the I love the idea. I love the I definitely love the like conceit that the archetype of like nine gods or like nine Ascended Masters or the Council of Nine or nine aliens shows up a lot. You know that mm. that's fascinating. I think with the I... Yuri Geller stuff, though, you know, hey, listen. Bryce you know I love my you know I love these stories and I think the stories are great and this is a great story I just kind of think that he's just probably a stage musician or stage magician that came up with like a really great backstory for his character you know Mm. and it's just like when you read about like how easy it is to actually bend spoons as a stage trick and then like how much money he lost trying, trying to sue the amazing Randy and losing in court over and over again. It's just like kind of sad, but I love, like, I love the story of it. Like Anna, he says, you know, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know if I, I don't, I feel like this was like a big <laughs> fad in the seventies and eighties. And then he kind of like got debunked and then had to, I love that. He's like, making millions he made millions like dousing for oil companies
4: psychic dousing yeah <laughs> yeah
0: psychic
2: psychic
4: oil, dousing. it's you know,
0: fascinating i just don't know if i i just don't yeah. know where i fall and that's not the I point totally I, I, the I totally hear you totally
4: totally understand too yeah it's a hard thing to fathom isn't it um it, is there <laughs> oh, like <laughs>
2: Is this, yeah. It's the hard thing for small minds. I kinda... understand, <laughs> Michael. It's not for everybody. Abuse, abuse, abuse.
0: <laughs> Guys, sorry. Small uh, mind, small mind. I, did, I didn't <laughs> mean to start World War III with my brain. Okay. <laughs> oh, Wait,
3: I have a question. Yeah. is there documentation from all this um, like experimenting that was done? Is there, is there any? Uh, oh yeah, concrete, yeah. Uh,
4: Yep, no, it's all been a lot of it's been unclassified, and you can read about it in uh, on on websites. I think that you know, how <laughs> you know it's interesting. Is,
3: <laughs> so it's on
4: websites, <laughs> not on websites, but in in, in books as well. <laughs> Look, Annie Jacobson, a Pulitzer Prize finalist and investigative yeah, journalist, the Area wrote, wrote an incredible book documenting all these tests called Phenomenon. It's an incredible book. Okay. It's, It's definitely worth a read, and it and it might change your mind on your skepticism. You know, there's a there's a there's a grace.
0: Remember how upset you got at Annie Jacobson uh, over on the Patreon when we talked about her theory for what really happened at Roswell?
4: No, what? No, Annie Jacobson's the author.
0: Huh, yeah, of Area right. 51. Remember we talked oh, about yes, this over yes, and that yes, there were I actually kids that had been experimented on by the Russians yeah. and shot over from Mexico and you got really upset at her.
4: I know. That's just because, oh, I think that was just a horrifying thought.
2: But- oh god.
4: But uh, thanks for bringing that. Yeah. yeah. Jesus
2: Christ, saying, Michael. Abuse, I'm just saying abuse. you
0: like to use <laughs>
2: Annie Jacobson. Remember how upset when, you got when she talked <laughs> about how children you're were very spirited on? Your
0: you're, very, you're Annie Jacobson. You like to <laughs> well, bring her out as back? Didn't you them. say you Sometimes felt bad you for
4: the monkeys? I always wanted us to have a spoon bending party because Colonel John B. Alexander, a PhD who was uh, – has an extinguished military career and wrote the book UFOs, um, Myths, Conspiracies, and realities. His latest book, Reality Reality Denied, goes into some of these spoon bending parties that he would have. His book is called The Firsthand Experiences with Things That Can't Happen But Did. Uh, The foreword is by Uri Geller, but he talks about these spoon bending parties he would throw where he would bring a box of spoons, dump them on the table and and, you know, he would start with saying you have to set aside your skepticism. And he would say more often than not, man, people were bending spoons at these parties. So maybe maybe it's something we should try.
0: There's a there's a lot of like stuff, you know, you can debunk spoon bending. That's the problem. You know what I mean? Because it is like a magician's trick. And it's I'm just saying it's out there. It's very easily to, very easily Googleable.
3: I want to That's see you awesome. bend a spoon, Michael. Yeah. That, that'll put this to bed. I'll tell
0: you what, we'll bend Lend spoon to See what happens. If you can, if you, if I can bend a spoon with my mind, I'll believe it. Great. Cause
2: you know what's kind of crazy when you think about this is like, say for Yuri, right? Like, imagine being like part of the nine and imagine it being like, what if, right? What if it was actually legitimate? and you're yes. like one of those people and you're really bending spoons and you're really doing this and you're really like you guys this is the bigger picture here and we're a lot more powerful than we think and we're just limited and you know you can get out of that and and then people just Persecuting you, or, or being skeptical, or what? What do we call Michael? Small-minded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like well, that's the scary thought, isn't it? But, that, this, that, that there's be-
4: reality oh, to this. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, you think about Joan of Arc, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm, like she was persecuted, mm-hmm. and look what she did. You know, yeah. just because she stood up for what she believed.
4: Yeah, we'll never know. You said it earlier, Annie's. The mind we still have yet to comprehend, and its yeah. powers have yet to be unleashed. We know yeah. nothing about its potential capabilities. And if ESP is one of them, which I think we can all get on board with and say, there's definitely some ESP powers that probably do exist, then why can't telekinesis be part of that arsenal?
3: Yeah.
2: I, I agree. 10% so of our brain we use. Mm-hmm. What, the, what is the rest of it?
4: Yeah, exactly.
2: Like, what is it? I... I, I I want to know so bad. I I I feel like I don't want to die before it all gets discovered.
4: I know. Did you guys ever do this? After watching Star Wars, I would go to my basement. I would turn my little three-wheeler trike on its Mm. handlebars, and I would try holding out my hand to see if I could spin that (laughs) big front round tire. And, you know, nothing ever came of it. My big wheel. Yeah. I tried to spin my big wheel.
2: (laughs) I really, really thought I could – move things with my mind for sure as a child i tried so many times because i mean i mean mine was carrie i watched baseballs (laughs) as a child a bunch but i never watched star wars until i was like a few years ago it was crazy what if it was your role
0: model was carrie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I we had Luke love. Skywalker, you had Carrie. Like, what I, if it's just true in my belief mind.
4: stopping us, you know? What if it's yeah. what if it's our skepticism closing off that totally.
2: door, you know? Totally. Because again, it's like a fine line, right? Where it's like like i used to have this dream for instance and my like where i can fly cuz i have lucid dreams so i'm always like oh this is a dream i'm going to fly yep. and so i start flying but i'm always scared i'm going to fly too high and so right. i always have to go back down and i'm like i want to fly in between right i don't want to be walking i want to be flying but i don't want to be flying too high cuz then i end up like in space and i'm scared you know and so it's like i want to be able to like fly in the middle but it's like If we do unlock these things and we do lean into these things, is it too out there?
4: It's like – it reminds me of the time I gave myself the role of Anakin Skywalker while high on mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) I – I uh, I had gotten the job. I had filmed it, and I was wonderful in it. D- uh, no more to do or say. I, I had uh, completed it, you know. Because I one hundred percent believed. You flew too <laughs>
0: close to the sun, Bryce, and those wings, wax wings, melted. Um, Anna East Fairweather, thank you so much for being a uh, part of the show, Bryce. Great job, by the way. That was a great thank story. Um, where nice. Anna East? Can people? We do You know, we don't know where to find Bigfoot, but where can people find you?
2: Right. I mean, I just found out about Skunk Ape. So listen, you can find me and my, I'm going to be starting to look for Skunk Ape. And so um, you can find me at Annie East Fairweather on Instagram. I don't have like a cool name. It's just Annie East Fairweather. There's no spaces. And then I also do a show with my comedy team every Monday and Thursday night at seven o'clock on Twitch. And we are called Private Street Comedy. Awesome, fantastic, and you know what?
0: Another place you can find Annie's is over on our Patreon, BCC, the other side. Because Annie's, you're gonna stick around. You're gonna come do an episode with us. I can't wait. That's gonna go up on Friday. So if you're listening to it or if you're uh, a member of the other side, uh, you'll get more of Annie's this week. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm at McMill's on Instagram. We are at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram and. At Bigfoot pod on Twitter Riley Bryce what you got
4: hey I'll what? say you heard us mention it earlier on the on the podcast I've developed an adult game for childish people it's called dirty picture cover-up go to the dpcugame.com order yours today as people are starting to gather around and uh and have a good night's laugh again it is the it is the funniest game I've ever played it's so much fun go get yours I would love to hear uh how it goes and how it went
3: yeah, here, here. Buy Bryce's game for real. It's amazing. I'm Peace Drone on Instagram. Uh, that's where I am on the internet. Uh, and just I just wanted to say again, uh the other side, like if you're thinking about signing up, like you should just try it for a month. It's it's not just like DVD bonus features, it's like an entire <laughs> other show with yeah. an, an entire other back catalog. Um, so if you like the show and you've gotten this far into the episode where you're listening to our plugs, you probably would like it. I so just you know give it a shot it also like truly truly is it keeps us going so we really appreciate our patrons over there well
0: said well said we're gonna head over to the other side annie's is coming with us uh for the rest of you we'll see you then or until next time good night
4: and go get regressed Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month.
1: Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.
0: Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds.